me for wanting to use my own things because she keeps breaking her own shit. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. Welcome back to Black Girl Count Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the finale episode of The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 8, Chapter 16, The Rescue. This episode was written by John Favreau. Favreau? Fuck, I say his name wrong all the time. (laughs) And I don't mean to. He is such a fanboy. He does a great job, I think, directing and cinematography but i struggle a lot with his writing i just do this episode was directed by peyton reed who is also a huge star wars fanboy and they let their their freak fly their star wars freak flag fly in this episode which is why i gave it a 8.4 out of 10 it's not my favorite of the series i have some some issues with it with the pacing with the just some of the the scripting that has come or become familiar to me with this particular writer and there was a lot of things thrown in in a way that was validating everything that Mimi said in the previous podcast this season regarding some of the mythos of the show and it's rather dumped versus put into the show and rather explained or expounded upon between the character and it be characters and it be a little bit more um what's the word i'm looking for a symmetry like it's not so here's all this information you didn't know we had a whole eight nine whatever eight episodes last season yeah we should have learned it then and um yeah there was some big surprises that i'm sure a lot of people were losing their shit about and i kind of was rolling my eyes yeah they was they definitely flexing that they have this one great show that has started all of this you know re-interest in star wars and they are trying to boom the shit like they're boosting the whole platform on that and i think that you know i I don't i don't know how i feel about it i think i kind of explained it in a previous podcast that if you're a marketing person this is a good strategy i can't knock them for putting the strategy out there because yeah do i want to check out clone wars now i want to check out clone wars and i had no interest in doing so before i really watched a good deal of this season but the catch to it as well is some people like mimi showed up for the casual you know mandalorian storyline with him front and center and not really the whole star wars particular um whole world building i could see where they may be a little lost on that or on some of the things that they were trying to make significant like if you didn't know who luke skywalker was you'd be like who's this motherfucker he didn't even introduce himself they said are you a jedi and that was the end of it i know this was something that was rather passionately discussed between mimi and i and i think i'm still on the middling fence about it about how much it makes sense and not make sense but i also am seeing the 
or more clearly understanding the other side of it if you have absolutely no no idea of what star wars is before you jump into the world i'm still i'm still 50 50 on the idea of i don't know that i don't i don't know i don't know i really just don't like i am thinking about this show i'm about to watch called the foundation and i saw the trailer for it and it looks really interesting mainly because i see black and brown people with speaking roles in the lead that's what got my attention to the show in the same way that that mandalorian oh my god baby baby g and this mando father protecting him yeah that's what the cell was for this show and yet previous to me starting foundation when it comes out i'm about to go read the book like i went out and i think that was where i was making an observation about boba fett and i think i more clearly understood what my point was that i was trying to make but better understanding what mimi's point was as well and then if you have been hearing me for the last two weeks i have been having a little bit of not my best i think anyway (laughs) like i hadn't have not gone back and listened but i was missing a cord for my headphones so that i cannot plug them into the microphone so i could not hear myself speaking when i was recording for the last two weeks because someone misplaced my damn cord so i had to get a new one and i really have been feeling insecure about it which is why i have not brought it up i have tried to listen back on the computer but it's just not the same as hearing through the headphones because i can hear what little background things would pop off in the the audio quality and i can always just stop and take them out or if i say something and (laughs) i feel like i'm too close to the mic or whatever i can feel that versus when i don't have the headphones on so i am happy to be at the quality that i was for (laughs) several weeks prior to i would say for the time prior than the last two weeks so i just had to get that out there because i just it was bothering me it was niggling me and i had to finally just say something about it (laughs) in case anyone was noticing possibly a difference in that sound So let's go ahead and just jump into this episode starting off with the space battle with Fett in a skiff ferrying Dr. Pershing, uh, a man who can ask questions or who can't ask questions apparently. He is told to shut your mouth because we're not in the lab anymore. required whatsoever he still asked their pirates should we fight them i'm telling you right now that lead pilot has seen some things he hates his life but he hates everyone else that's in the new republic or even associated with them much more and he says i'm not losing my life over this shit i don't know why you gave him that line when he does everything in the next scene to make sure he gets killed by taking pershing hostage because that's all they came for and then revealing that he is a clone engineer and the top tier target of the new republic ensuring that he lost his life he decides that 
he wants to taunt Kara about the fact that her planet was destroyed which is the symbolism of the tear didn't know that this is the ideal way to play both sides to deliver context in the series where you can build up the world and reference old events that went on in the bigger world building but also have it relevant to the characters that are speaking to each other and this guy is just really pissed off by the fact that y'all thought it was all cool to cheer taking down the empire when those death stars blew up but there was fucking millions of people on there and he watched genocide in his eyes so to every hero there is always the villain and he earns himself a bullet to the face and that is how he stupidly turned the situation that he could have walked away from into his early grave then you have two mandalorians walking into a bar Sasha Banks aka Tosca she lied to us and I felt this really would make sense to include these two people I am talking about Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks I want to say Casca every time but I always go to Sasha Banks because she clearly stated earlier in this season I want my saber back and who has her saber Moff Gideon who is Moff Gideon enemies with Mandalorian so I need to go and I need people on my squad and your ass has mutual interest here so why would we not team up plus last time we spoke I helped your ass anyway things are rather hostile the moment (laughs) Boba Fett starts to speak because Bo-Katan calls him out immediately you are no Mandalorian (laughs) not at all he hears about their plan to take um what was it mandalore back but he says what are you talking about that's a pipe dream the empire turned that planet to glass that's some bullshit i didn't even know this was going on and they're like i don't remember asking you your opinion because that armor is not for you you are a disgrace and then he says this armor belonged to my father and then she said you mean your donor i feel like from the moment saw boba fett she initiated this conflict and then she decides to play or chastise casca and him for actually going physical to fight because her homegirl was just co-signing saying i didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk it's only after that she really gets the upper hand casca that is that she goes oh you if we had shown this much spine to the empire then we wouldn't have lost mandalore and how we all need to come together and hold hands to take back our planet because we've been in hiding too long and working as fucking bounty hunters because that's not a disrespect to our name and she wants to try to get everybody on (laughs) on her side to get behind this one particular mission because it should be 
everyone's mission but if that's the case then why did you start by insulting him and then telling him he is not one of us but then acting like you really gonna let him like you didn't offer him to come be on your side in this war or whatever that was not part of the equation whatsoever so and i knew it wasn't gonna be so what do you mean why are you talking to both of them this is just the type of writing where i feel it's sloppy and doesn't really assist anything it's just to create dialogue in a scene (laughs) and i will say the fight was a little clunky for me just the one part in which they cut like i thought that sasha banks did a really good job of flipping boba fett on the table thought that was rather awesome but the one where he kicked her and she fell down and then you had that cut man i could feel that cut just slicing through my skin and it took away from the whole scene which sucked because like i said that body slam was everything she is also Bo-Katan that is not helping because the kid is taken but because he's got a lock Mando on Moff Gideon's location and both ship and saber she is interested in and makes another one of her offers for Den to join up like you ain't you ain't bad I like you you can come to our side we need more people like you and he says you can take all the shit you want my son is my only priority the actress that plays Bo-Katan I heard through the Star Wars Grapevine also voices the character in Clone Wars so I think that's a kind of cool live action if I had watched Clone Wars first we get some important information we need to know the dark saber can't cut through pure beskar which is great for one mando i don't think we needed it though that is kind of like dumbing down the audience in a way but i guess if you're a younger child this is some information that one may need to remember but i i feel like we've done enough with talking about how strong beskar is that we don't need the particular reminder they split up to handle business as the distraction most of the team while den is gonna go off to get the child and also takes pershing's credentials so that he can airlock the dark troopers because it takes a minute for them to be engaged dr pershing is like i'm really a prisoner so here's all the information you really need he's like alexei in stranger things and i was like alexei like they children like okay just so we clear moff gideon surrenders to me and maybe she should have elaborated and we wouldn't have had the situation that we did but i'm kind of glad that she didn't because how was you going to explain that and Kara wants him alive as a good person to take to the new republic since he's number one umero numero and got a lot of information i don't know how i feel about the end of this episode but we will get there but let me tell you this right now mass murderers or people plotting mass murderer 
or mass murder should always be eliminated immediately there's no need for justice system this is not someone we want just loose in the universe it's just sometimes things need to be done but she says i don't care if he's alive or dead only that he surrenders to her i will say mando's emotions are tossed to the side here because i feel like moff gideon just for taking the child and putting him in a baby handcuffs deserves a very torturous painful assassination and he doesn't even get to weigh in okay i like how the setup was and how that warning moff didn't backfire and was utilized in the rescue so they took the ship that pershing was on and then they used that as the bait and then acted as if mando was chasing said ship the pov shot of the deployed fighters was also really cool they come in hot finally onto the carrier craft but you can see moff gideon thinking about the actions that are being taken like he knows something's off but he can't quite put his finger on it but he knows enough that he need to go back there by that child and put a blade to his throat (laughs) i like the fact that he also finally isn't playing smug as much as concerned because these are threats that he should take seriously i like when a a villain is villainous but also knows when to not mustache twirl when shit be getting real i also enjoyed the music i was really sad they only used it once for when the dark troopers were being engaged how do i feel about the femme fatale squad takedown to the bridge if i hadn't seen very good action sequences from different directors that were better all season i may not have felt as disconnected from this one but i did think that the music versus the choreography of the scenes just did not click for me but it does stand up to showcasing how badass this crew of women really are each and every one of them Mando is just a little too late and one of the dark troopers get loose and (laughs) it is quite a struggle to take one of these mofos down man let me tell you something the way in which that trooper was punching his face the helmet and you know you just know that Din did not know if this would be the punch that causes his skull to be crushed into a million pieces that has to be giving him ptsd until he is in his grave that's nightmare material right there just right into the face mando got his ass kicked but he got the job done Kara and them casually just chilling in the elevator and her being mad as shit that her gun is messed up and jammed and refusing to help is so me with the jury not Shit, motherfucker, ass tits, cunt, cock, motherfucker, shit, ass tits, motherfucker, shit, come on. The women take the bridge, and really, Mando, you should have anticipated Moff would be close to what you showed up for. Moff, the Moff, I love when they called him the Moff, drops whomever has the blade 
can lay claim to the throne of mandalore and i knew that was going to be important and that raises a predicament for him because he really can't stand bo so he decides to play mando in the best <laughs> game of chess as an absolute pawn to try to checkmate the queen to put her in a predicament it was brilliant these brilliant moves make me feel like we have not seen the last despite the end of this episode of moff gideon and y'all should have let him kill himself and that's on you cara that's on you and the fact that she was able to blow that one particular stormtrooper in the face for talking shit and all the shit he did i mean he literally pointed a gun at baby dree and tried to take him off the board completely that alone deserves some beskar all the way up his ass into his spine out of his mouth those are my feelings on it anyway but i digress a fight in well first before the fight ensues i will say another scene in which they really treat in mando like he's slow on the sauce because he gonna say well look they gonna be panicking because you're i'm not on the bridge and she was totally expecting me on the bridge and i don't even want this kid anymore i can tell you got a bond with him i just wanted to study his blood that's all i was doing mando he stole our child this Kill him, do it. Shoot him. just to get this kid and you thought he was just gonna let you leave without a whimper so yeah stop treating him like he on the slow bus that's a mean thing to say but he really did turn his back all the way and was not even thinking for a second that he was about to be double crossed and that's just playing him for a fool the mando fight with him you know it was okay it was rather more mediocre than i expected but it did show the power of beskar and then he says you're sparing my life this should be interesting oh now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up you have fucked up now now you fucked up now you fucked up when mando comes on the bridge with the dark saber wielding it like something he won (laughs) which he did it turns out he cannot just hand this over to bo-katan the moth happily explains that oh no for her to be queen and take over the throne she has to win that which means she has to fight you and it's probably to death and this was all a political flex on his part to get his enemy to be killed by his enemy just genius i cannot help but appreciate that bit of irony he keeps on like oh come on man just take it you really want it she's like no he's right he's absolutely right and that causes a problem but it doesn't have to be addressed right now because guess what dark troopers are back in mass moff gideon said assume i'm god motherfucker and then proved his case not only telling dan you barely survived one (laughs) but clearly knows more about what's going on than the people who have taken this ship because they want to use this ship for their war as well 
why are they just watching the dark troopers come to them they're just like we're we ain't got nothing we ain't gonna try to be proactive in this we're just gonna be completely defensive and why would you put baby g on the floor instead of out of sight anywhere because there's gonna be shooting going around and i don't think him being behind this little desk is going to help like put him somewhere secure because we already back in danger and what was even that look that they showed us from baby g's perspective that shot i didn't get what i was supposed to be reading but it probably was we're doomed and this is awful we're all gonna die except for me and moth and i don't want my daddy to die because he thinks that he's getting out of this as they're all still just waiting for the worst to happen being locked and loaded because they're just gonna go out shooting one x-wing shows up Kara makes a joke like oh well that's not a lot of help and that one x-wing makes light work of the dark troopers like they were not even an issue and moff gideon finally shits his pants and said suicide it is but i'm gonna take out the child before i go mando saves the child but wouldn't have if he had a secured him and b killed him like everyone in that room really should have if boba fett was there i feel like the moth would be dead baby g goes to the monitor like yeah that's my friend i know him we was communicating in the force but he can't say none of those words mando telling them to open the door and then they all refuse after this person just rescued them really did not work for me at all and then for him to just open the door himself so why would you even ask anyone if you could just walk over and press a button and it would just happen just stupid writing and then the doors open and the hood comes off and i'm like is that luke skywalker and right on the tail end of that was knew that he was convening with a jedi but did it need to be this jedi wouldn't it have been a little bit more sense if ashoka as much as i did not like that episode showed up at this moment because you know that's the only jedi we really have any context or connection to this baby did it need to be the most famous jedi of them all except for ghost yoda and obi-wan kenobi i just i and then they already seen the memes of how this was pretty much a scene by scene reenactment of his father darth vader taking down a ship i I just this felt one of those moments in which yes star wars john all of them are just stroking themselves right now and and coming in mass in their underwear their tidy whities over this and good for them good for them but this is also the kind of fan service that really (laughs) i don't know why i cannot for the life of me explain why it does not work for me personally it's probably the same way in which ashoka did not work for me and everyone else was like you crazy and i'll take it i will take it i'll own it but i just you know in r2d2 as cute as it was to see them i have not went back to to, i just (sighs) (laughs) like i said i really wish i can can justify why this is here and unless we're never seeing baby g again 
that is the only reason why this would be here like this is the end of the series type of thing you would do not the second season of the show and it's only 16 episodes you don't just drop luke skywalker in here and be like okay this is gonna be baby g's new daddy and it's in a way to say you should be happy with this and i'm really concerned that maybe we are not going to see baby g again or we're gonna see him and he's like a teenager or he's just stronger with the force i'm guessing we're gonna have a a a reuniting of characters but i mm, (laughs) again i felt that this was a type of big fan service type of series ending finale versus where we got it but it's perspective but uh yeah he needs he wants permission to go because yeah my new daddy is just as awesome if not more so than my other daddy (laughs) this is the luckiest kid in the entire galaxy and um there's the beautiful scene though that does happen between father and son where he takes off the helmet and yes pedro pascal's acting in this scene he was doing all of the emotions and i was like give him all of the awards and all of my panties here's my phone number please call me i am available single and Kendall is finally coming into the modern era of showing his face because he has showed his face now in front of all of his friends even though they were being very respectful and it was the back of him i think that's what gets away with it they were very clear not to have anyone really seen his face so they probably averted it the way in which uh, mayfield did like oh i could stare you right in the face and get the full effect but i know that makes you uncomfortable so i know that you're breaking the code but at the same time i know it still means something to you so they were respectful to both angles of that but at least he gives the audience a chance now that baby g has seen his face for us to see pedro pascal's face more so in season three between the interactions of him and baby g i heard through the star wars grapevine as well that there was some behind the scenes uh, a little bit of infighting between pedro and john in regards to the fact that he wanted his face to be on screen and not just behind a mask and that's that's fair and relevant i mean you're playing one of the biggest characters right now uh in star wars you've definitely brought life back to that characterization and you deserve the credit for it plus you can fucking act and it would be nice to see your face and you can do so no one wants to sit and play a voice you know when you can be seen and the whole idea of this is the ancient way and it's not even really how many of the mandalorians have ever represented themselves it felt as if that was what the show wanted to go for but rationally it makes better tv if you can see this man's face at least at least two to three episodes of an eight season show they all watch baby g leave with the jedi and you know he had to put a tracker on baby g like yeah well where you go i really still go you just don't know i'm there (laughs) i'm gonna have an eye out for you maybe put something on the trip on the on the like track that ship give me the drive signature i don't know how they do it in star wars i'm thinking of the expanse but there is 
ping so clearly they probably can possibly do something like that to track his ship and i was hella surprised that that was the end of the episode i was like oh what come on man that, that's really underwhelming <laughs> like they gave us no kind of happy ending it was just disappointing and he got his goal he did what he was supposed to do he even gave him up in the end and i felt because he did say he doesn't want to go with you he did attempt to be like let me cock block this but you had him dropping some real facts like he's never going to be safe if he doesn't at least master his skills he needs to be able to take care of himself and he did promise that i will see you again so it's not like it is a breakup as much as it is a temporary you know parting of ways like you got to go off to boarding school and i have to stay here and take care of state affairs apparently but you will come back home from school and you'll be more powerful and you'll do more shit and that is exciting for the third season of the show but we also see that moff gideon is still alive and as long as that mofo is breathing that child is in danger we don't know what was the blood meant for never other than he has special properties i guess that's more of the bigger arching theme that i'd have to probably watch something to find out about and then we have the end credit scene which i'm glad that i was told there's an end credit scene because i would have been pissed off because they gave no indication that there would be and i'm not gonna pretend like i'm someone who sits and watches all of the fucking credits i don't (laughs) that is i hate that a lot of studios decide to go that route without warning people if you were to tell them and it's possible i will disclaimer this it's possible they did announce it and i personally did not see it but i didn't want to be spoiled before the episode so why would i go out there like i would have preferred something at the beginning of the episode and once again disclaimer i skipped through the the beginning credits no i really went right into it because it was right in the space battle so i didn't see anything that said stay tuned for the after credit scene that needs to be done i know people who were watching another great show that i'm about to cover westworld with mimi and shy that they had after credit scenes that a lot of people missed the first time because no one knew that was like and and i'm not even talking after credit like oh you go to black and then you're like oh here's a doom doom and then i mean 10 minutes of fucking credit sequences before you go to the scene that's bullshit but it was kind of worth it because boba fett and his theme music and i knew that theme music was too damn good to be a one-off and unless he was joining up with mando which did not seem to be that he he is not on the same page as the rest of the mandalorians he's not even really quote unquote a mandalorian he and finnick kill someone called fortuna and this is another character i guess i'm supposed to know i remember the big old fat thing that was in star wars and boba the boba the boba the something something the head (laughs) i remember that fat fuck and his disgusting ways and the fact that he did prostitution so we have boba fett and fennec coming in taking over and now they're about to be the new crime bosses in tatooine and a new show is going to be debuting december of 2021 called the book of boba fett and despite how 
this was presented to me i made it known i am signed the fuck up for this i need to see more i want to see more this is the second most anticipated show behind mandalorian and falcon and winter soldier that i want to see on this disney plus app i wish it was coming out this year i am going to enjoy and i hope they continue a little bit more brutal side of the star wars universe and i think it can be done and i want it to be done and i want boba fett to be the hero doing that i hope though they give him a little bit more dialogue other than this armor belonged to my father with that let's jump into the feedback have absolutely utterly no clue on who went first last time so we are gonna start with queen jaylee who says or starts hey christina i'm feeling many emotions right now i have been switching between excited because i like a lot of the sequences in the new episode and disappointed from the ending settle in this is going to be a long one i can hear your voice saying never apologize for long feedback but i'm still going to because i'm a weirdo (laughs) sorry (laughs) i won't say it then since you already know i want to start with a quick letter to mimi dear mimi i completely agree if i didn't know anything about boba fett i wouldn't have liked that episode either i would have thought they were spending too much time on a man they never really introduced in the context of the show honestly i only watched the og trilogy because it used to come on spike all the time and one day i was bored and i just watched it so i am part of the group that would not seek out a trilogy of movies from the late 70s to watch just for fun i agree on that part this season has been very different from the first with how much more lore they have put into the episodes i completely agree with that and I'm not even sure if I mentioned that last feedback because I know it was something I meant to mention so I'm glad you did that I will say the difference between this season and the first is yes they are way heavier on the lore than they was first season I also do not want to do research to understand a show what's funny is that episode was probably the first of season two I didn't need to research to understand that's probably one of the reasons i liked it so much i just wanted you to know that you are not alone i don't want my mind numbing entertainment to include homework stay awesome jaylee see mimi you're not alone and now before we get back to our program a quick side note the guy who directed the last episode also directed brown sugar which is one of my favorite movies the combination of queen latifah and the best friends to lovers trope is my jam i did not know this until you said it so thank you for that he also directed the second episode of the series when Dan had to fight the mudhorn that was a great episode i think i'm in love with this guy he is really good i need him to direct more of the episodes next season this is the point when the feedback for the season finale of Mandator- Mandalorian season two, aka let's give the title character the B plot in every episode to set up the 16 spinoffs we're launching based on the success of the first season begins. Why is James crying? Cause he just got dunked down. I ain't even lying. Yo, he just got dunked down. 
full disclosure i am weak and i spoiled myself before i watched the episode i was super afraid dan was going to die and i wanted to know if he did before watching so i went into the episode knowing how it would end and i think that colored my perception of it pause why did you think dan was gonna he seems to be the title character but i guess one would feel insecure when they are introducing 16 other <laughs> spinoff shows like oh you thought you was the most badass we just introduced everyone who could topple you you are still a toddler my dear Kara, badass dune and Dan, we've met before Dar- <laughs> dajarin loving that duo but that dude taunting Kara needs to shut the fuck up bro you destroyed her entire planet what did you think she was gonna do Kara ain't no punk oh yay bokatan she said sarcastically <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i'm not alone here i don't like her characterization i'm not sure what the fuck she does in clone wars but i i've just not been a fan of katie sackoff the way everyone else is a fan of katie sackoff i actually watch her on the flash too and she's an awful character i think mimi mentioned that as well so now that i see her face i'm just immediately brought back to that horrible character that she plays and now i can't see her as anything else and she does the exact same acting as she did in every series like she's playing the same character she played in battlestar galactica and i need her to find a different well i guess if the shoe fits it's this it's she's a, uh, a typecast anyhow uh dan and boba fett another dynamic duo i have only liked boba fett for three weeks but let bo katana keep talking to him like that she can and will catch these hands ain't that the truth because i was i was with it i was like oh why you had to make the black one sasha banks and him not be friends man i had hopes for sasha banks character and they went all the way down the drain remember a few weeks ago when i was like well maybe maybe no baby yoda or baby i keep it baby yoda baby g just had a crush she was like oh you look sexy that's all baby g he's like i am 50 years old and underneath this cloth something is at attention that's what that scene was i will say it does seem as if these mandalorians are at least going to be staying and consistent in this particular show and they're not getting their own spinoff and that makes sense because that has a little bit more significance fighting for your planet and being caught up in these politics that that's more authentic than than if they did a whole spinoff i'd be like then why are we not crossing over (laughs) and i'm sure there's gonna be they're gonna make cw look stupid with their crossovers i hate boca's hand and i don't understand why she keeps flip-flopping from instigator to peacekeeper your girl is just defending you stop talking shit she won't get into fights thank thank you thank you like you should have been in there uh helping to defend her like how you not gonna physically do something to not get like she got slapped around and you just stood there and let it happen and that's your second in command what happened to the third one they didn't even mention him i know it was but i felt as if his explanation or his reasoning for not being there should have been explained because we could use all the help that we could get then he is my only priority me marry me <laughs> pershing didn't even need to be persuaded to give everything away when did bo become the boss can i see her resume does she have actual leadership qualities or does she feel entitled to lead am i just a hater because i don't like her probably yeah no she doesn't seem 
she seems like a whole different type of like the fact that she wasn't even most concerned about the kid everyone else was like yeah i got my own things they took the child she was like and then what happened <laughs> this does not sound like my fight oh moff gideon you know where he actually is okay oh you gonna give me a weapon these are things i can assist you with okay i'll admit all female badass this amazing if it was a show i'd watch <laughs> just cutting people right now how about picking uh one of the stormtrooper guns elevator scene hilarious maybe the all-female show just needs Kara and Finnick. i like sasha banks i just didn't feel as if she got to be showcased much especially when they wear the helmets like it was not as bad as as the first time we saw the mandalorians get down this time was rather womp 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 and then some of the shots i i hate that i can pay attention when a shot uh is not evenly proportioned and things are going off and they don't catch it in editing oh i hate that i notice it but it ruins the scene every time but i did really like the elevator scene i just thought that was funny because they're just casually like yeah we gotta take this down this is where we gotta go to start the next fight it was smart to jettison the droids into space does din have a concussion or head trauma i know his helmet isn't dented but that was hard ass that was a hard ass hit several hard ass hits yes i told you what i felt about that i had to pause before the fight between gideon and den this is what i'm talking about moff gideon knew what was up as soon as they busted in on the ship it's possible he went to baby g because why else would someone break into an imperial ship but it's equally possible it was because he knew den was coming for the baby from the message he sent him den sweetie you're doing amazing but you learned the wrong lessons from bo katan taunting is cool until you give away your advantage yeah you know what i was giving them credit in the beginning of how it was utilized but also you're completely right he knows what y'all here for don't matter what kind of distraction you try to put out you know somehow some way mando is involved because he's the only motherfucker that know your location thank you moff exposition commander gideon for the literal tidal wave of knowledge no one asked you to disclose Dan baby i love you but never trust an imperial with a saber he thinks can cut through anything at least he knew what was up and was ready for the hit and was he was he the dark saber was a cool sound or has a cool sound to it the fight or that fight amazing mm. that kick when he flipped the spear up yes that was the part i liked in the fight that was the best part amazing Din's sparing moss life because his bestie Kara asked him to that's a fair assessment to the the scene or the reason of sparing his life even if i still feel as if he should have shoved that right into um that soft spot right underneath his mandible <laughs> but i guess he's got friend goes sure hotel triviago i've never made that joke before but i'll see myself out <laughs> i'm gonna put you in the damn um what do you call them things in the damn wheelchair and wheel your ass out i'm just gonna take you to the door and then just i'm just gonna push you i'm gonna give you a hard push and then i'm just gonna walk away so much talking i just want a sweet father and son reunion i love how both Kara and den didn't know anything about the whole combat thing because bo didn't tell them and they had no plan b if gideon wasn't on the bridge 
moff gideon reminds me of papa pope scandal without the head movement <laughs> let's talk about how i miss scandal because i miss the first three seasons of scandal because that was some of the best damn tv i've ever seen like trashy tv let's talk for a second about dan accidentally how dan accidentally became the ruler of a planet while trying to save his son how do you accidentally become ruler of a planet you never or you have never set foot on this is not what my tired single space dad signed up for he kept saying he was, every time he kept saying like is he serious yeah no he's like just take it no serious no it's the code no but for real take it like, i don't want no part of this shit <laughs> this is the whole reason this feels like a double cross but it's not a double cross she knows it's not a double cross she just realizes this is a turn of events that went the way they were gonna go if you're up against someone who is just as diabolical as you and gives no shit about what actually what this mission was supposed to be about and that's what happened she was like no he's right and then she kind of looked at him so this is all setting up of is Bo-Katan one day gonna try to stab Mando in the back and her face says yes she's a white bitch who wants power <laughs> Mando you better keep that damn dark saber you better pass that on to your son because that's that's where it belongs but yes I think it's hilarious that he accidentally became the ruler of a planet and he wants nothing to do with it is Bo-Katan going to I don't think she wants to fight him but I have a feeling she might and I don't like the fact that they made Sasha Banks the enemy because we have very few black people in this show or black women I should say in the show and I don't want the only one to be unlikable <laughs> that's just absolute bias at its best I am feeling the dark trooper score I did like it as well the first are you talking about the second time or the first time if luke's lifesaver fucked the dark troopers up so bad couldn't then use the dark saber on them too i was thinking that when they picked out the gun i'm like no i think this is the time in which we use the thing that cuts things in half but yeah no this is just one of those moments where they continue to act like den is 14 years old was still with his training wheels on this is not what uh wait i already said that where am i at in this feedback oh there i am he doesn't really know how to use it but he could have possibly stood an ounce of a chance <laughs> moff gideon didn't seem like it was all brute force with him he's like i'm gonna swing this shit until something happens mini rant number one i always joke with my mom about movie music being more dramatic than the action oh my god you are reading my mind right now thank you i know exactly what you're about to say and you're probably going to say it better than even how i was explaining it i saw some people describe the luke action scene to the darth vader scene at the end of the rogue one or end of rogue one but that scene was cool because the music enhanced the carnage and the destruction vader was delivering a lot of the music beats went along with the punches and him using the force also we were rooting for the guys he was slaughtering while also being mesmerized at how awesome and terrifying he was so a lot of the suspense was in the push and pull between those two things and this one we know luke is going to win so there's no suspense and the fight was okay i guess i don't like tv lightsaber fights because i wasn't a fan of ashoka and i'm not a fan of luke either sebastian stan could have played young luke and i wouldn't have had to see this creepy cgi version of young mark hamill it probably will haunt my nightmares 
I'm gonna pause right there because that was some creepy ass like they cut and paste some scenes from Star Wars and made him it would just was not okay it would we that's why I said why do we need to contrive this for what we got and quite frankly it didn't feel realistic at all I, I just was tossed out at the fact that I was looking at an 80s face in a 2020 production <laughs> in a swath of black and the fact that you picked out sebastian stan he would have loved that damn cameo he what he's on your fucking network so it's not like he ain't got a contract with disney plus don't make no sense y'all gotta make smart decisions i am the same with you on the lightsaber battles they do not seem as cool as when well i think even when i went back because the other day i just happened to see a clip of obi-wan kenobi now i was a huge ass fan of obi-wan kenobi in the horrible three prequels that came after the original trilogy and so (laughs) i was very disappointed to actually go back and watch those scenes and realize i was much more in love with ewan mcgregor than i ever really was with the badassery of the character because all of those scenes were just not they do not stand up to time and that's unfortunate i will say that rogue one scene did and yes it felt like it was some type of space opera dance that he was doing and i kept thinking why is this music here and i get that he's making quick work of it all but it also feels as if it's not that hard if an assembly line of people just walked up into your blade i don't (laughs) or you're like i can use the force to bring you so you can hit my I, i just i didn't think it was as epic as they probably thought it was but yes the music was a huge bummer to that scene and then watching it all play out on the screens it just it did not pack a punch at all how did they not check moff gideon for weapons not uh, even checking for weapons there's weapons all over the damn floor from the people you killed and you didn't think he would slide any of those over while y'all are busy doing other shit did you see the way Din dove in front of baby G to shield him from the shot? Epic. That was epic. But it wouldn't have needed to happen if we, I don't know, had knocked off Malf Gideon. Like, I know this motherfucker is going to cause a problem in this room. So we need to knock him out. If you don't want to punch him in the face, you at least can use some drugs. She continues, Din, don't be afraid. I am not crying over this stupid show as they break up the best father and son duo in the Star Wars universe. I will admit that scene got a couple of tears from me. Din taking off his helmet, the face caress, the tears. That whole sequence was great and heart-wrenching. Baby G would have 100% stayed with Din if he told him to, and I love them for that. They should have figured out some kind of shared custody agreement, right? Because he did be like, oh, I'm so sad to see you go, daddy. And then R2-D2 started talking to Baby G, and he was like, I fucks with you, and then you had luke picking him up and he was like i just saw what you did and you murdered that shit out of them and i actually can communicate with you and you know what i'm talking about and that is kind of nice because i've been saying a whole bunch of shit to dan and he does not know anything of which i am saying for one petty moment i wanted him to be like um so can we talk about the fact that your daddy killed all of my friends <laughs> it is the reason why I am an orphan right now on the own being chased for the last 50 years of my life. No, we don't want to have that conversation. Okay, we'll have it in 
um, the whatever you call their ships on the way back to wherever we're gonna get this type of training that I need to protect myself. Dan can get a new ship and pick him up for summer vacation and weekends. Oh my god, you just reminded me of the fact he does not have a fucking ship. They gotta call like Bubba Fett is on his way. He don't own shit no more. What the fuck he gonna do for transportation? I'm gonna speculate that he's gonna hang out with Bokatan for a little bit and somehow some way she's gonna get that saber back from him in some type of way that they're gonna construct it where she can get it back and he can go on his way and then as a goodwill present she'll be like well here's another uh razor crest this is razor crest 2.0 and we'll all be happy someone on tumblr said about the last episode that since the razor crest was destroyed we won't get the obligatory sad den by himself in the crest without the baby scene and i don't know how i feel about that applying to this episode too don't mind me i'll just be living in baby g went to the went to boarding school and then is going to visit him later land she continues with mid-size rant number two i feel like disney doesn't care about casual fans i like star wars before the mandalorian the sequels were pretty terrible but i was casual uh the sequels were pretty terrible but i was a casual viewer of various star wars media and i know that they there are people who only watch the mandalorian for the story within the show they don't care about all the other star wars stuff they're really into or they're really in it just for den and baby g cruising through the galaxy together disney doesn't seem to care about these people they only care about the hardcore fans who can tell the difference between different models of starships and droids they only care about care to pander to them the people that will be invested in the million other shows they have coming out to make money that is such a disservice to the people who came to watch a show set in the star wars universe but not heavy with the lore but they don't care they did what they wanted to do and brought luke back and took the baby away from din and that's super sad i'm glad din didn't die but i'm sad he doesn't have baby g anymore maybe if they started the show with a couple of episodes of just him before they introduced the baby it would have been different but all i know is the two of them together there are plots that still that can still be resolved in season three din is technically the rightful ruler of mandalore Bo-Katan is not happy about that. Din has taken off his helmet several times in front of people. The armorer and the other coverts exist somewhere. Boba Fett and Finnick took over something at the end of the credits. Moff Gideon is still alive. He's the type to only not be a threat if he's dead. And even then, he might still be fucking shit up from the grave. While I am interested to see where they take season three, I'm not as invested as I was before season two came out. Since I'm not a hardcore Star Wars fan, this show feels like it's no longer for me. Not in a sense of I'm not going to watch it next season, just that I know it's not being made for the demographic that I occupy anymore. So I'm going to put a pin in that right there because I think that was very well said. And I think that definitely dips back into what Mimi was very much griping about. I know we've been going back. I think I stated earlier all season about that. I think I am of two minds about it. And that's just personally me. I absolutely feel I came to this show for no other reason than for the baby. (laughs) 
Like the, the baby and the fact that Mando was played by a person of color. Those were the two things that signed me the fuck up for the show. I'm being very, I didn't dislike Star Wars, but I wasn't like, I'm in it for the Star Wars lore. So I am a hundred percent down with you on, yes, they do not care about the casual fan in this particular season. They made bucks on the first one. It is a runaway heat, uh, hit. The merchandise is killing. Uh, Clone Wars is available. They're getting more downloads. It's getting more interest. Yeah, I see where the the marketing would start putting more of that content into the second season. And I guess because I can understand why they would do such a thing. I am at a, a crux about it within my own soul and I I guess it justifies in my mind but it doesn't negate exactly what you're saying and I think that's what I've been trying to convey all season long but I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it so I'm glad that you put it in a paragraph that sums it up in both perspectives because that is absolutely right it is if you're going to go forward you're going to have to want to be invested in the lore and if you're not it may feel much more of a less enjoyable experience because it does seem as if mando is going to be kicked to the back burner now could pedro now that it's 2020 flex his muscle and it seems as if he already was trying to flex for season three and we might get a little bit of a turnaround and they might hear this criticism because i can't say that you are the only person that's thinking that but i also wonder if we're to if we're now if that voice is now in the minority and it's such in the minority that it cannot no longer be catered to in a way or considered as much as those other types of people that are signing up for more than just the eight weeks to watch this particular show how many people are going to keep their subscription to be like man this was awesome look at all this shit i learned in this season now i want to go watch clone wars i can't say that's not a good strategic move it's just a dick move for someone that really just wanted to follow mando and the kid and if there were some side things that pertain to those particular people great but we don't need to actually go through or try to course correct because that's their other issue the entire um mini movies and lore that they've put out there like i can't tell you why the fuck luke is still running i I couldn't even tell you where in the timeline we are right now i know the death stars blew up i know luke Luke did that shit but i don't remember what happens after all that I, i have no context whatsoever on what you know baby g is gonna be what's his circumstances i know i didn't even know until you told me you know more sometimes more than i do about what's going on it hasn't had the same effect negative effect i think i call it out when i see it and it takes points away from my enjoyment of the episode but not so much i think for me to not say i see you and i kind of sort of appreciate it despite its rather backhanded uh tactic but that's just me everything else you said is spot on 
back to the feedback she says overall the episode was cool while it did make sense narratively that dan and baby g were separated it didn't make it hurt any less there's really no reason why he didn't drop the dark saber at bo katan's feet and say i'm going with them what else is he going to do rule mandalore it's so funny to see different reactions yeah i i did feel too like there, there was no reason why and he said i'll see you again soon that he could not have just been nearby <laughs> like i get he's a bounty hunter but he, he's all over the place he couldn't say well can you at least drop me a text you know can i get your phone number or your coordinates or some shit so that if we need to have a reunion we can talk to each other you know some people thought this episode was the greatest thing ever i disagree and others are done with the show completely oh really i didn't know a lot of people are done but i can see that i don't pay for disney plus so watching season three will only cost me my time (laughs) that's the realest shit ever i might give it an episode or two to convince me why i should keep watching without baby g i would hope that baby g is back next season i think that would be a really low blow if he's not but i could see it being a little intriguing to see mando without baby g just for personal you know they're still two different people and despite him looking like a baby he is a 50 year old man (laughs) he's got 50 years of experience and just growing apart and realizing how much like i I watched that with the expanse a lot like naomi her character wasn't like that arc wasn't the most loved because you know why you have this family you love why would you need to feel to go out and do this but sometimes there's shit in your past you got to deal with and he still hasn't really dealt with the fact that he is a member of a cult so i can see the benefit of that being something i would want to see per the season overall i preferred season one i think that's where we differ i actually like season two better i will say that despite all of the very valid complaints i still enjoyed the season a lot better than season one there was a or there were a few clunky episodes but i like the simple premise and the lack of overarching slash complicated plot season two had its moments but then getting pushed to the, into the corner and it becoming the spinoff show was annoying that's valid it's interesting that a lot of the hardcore fans favorite episodes were the ones i like the least that just shows where our respective priorities are as always i can't wait to hear your thoughts favorite scene a three-way tie between the elevator the fight between din and moff gideon and bo katan's face when she realized what din did and the goodbye between din and the baby g and baby g I hate that they said goodbye, but that scene was still really good. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. I think my favorite scene is the elevator scene. <laughs> like I said, I never, me and Cara never related more. I was like, yeah, don't fucking help me. I will figure it out. But I'm really angry this entire time because this shit needs to get fixed because I need it and it's a big ass gun. And then when just she just started being like, okay, move out of my way and started shooting. I, I do love the character a lot i know a lot of people are like trashing the actress but i think i already gave my two cents on that this season so no reason to rehash i think your feedback definitely gave me a pre prelude to what i may be hearing in mimi's feedback in this episode i'm glad i've already agreed with all of the points that she's probably about to bring up so i'm just gonna listen with my hands on my uh 
I'm going to sit on my hands like a good little coil and let her uh, have her beast. So, Mimi, tell me what you thought. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. I'm sending in my feedback for Mandalorian. This is the last um, episode of the season. Um, Chapter 16, episode 8 of season 2. Um, I really like this episode. Um, I can admit, though, that I had no idea who the Jedi at the end was. I know I've seen his face. I feel like I should know his name, but it wasn't coming to me. But overall, like, everything was really awesome. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, whether I knew <laughs> people I should know or not. Um, I know that little robot, I know I've seen it before the name is I'm drawing a blank like I know once I hear it I'll know that's them but right now I don't know and I don't really care because it was such a good episode um one of the things I absolutely loved was how there was like an all-female boss bitch team that was pretty dope like uh Kara um the two Mandalorians and then uh the one I can't remember her name either but they were all fucking dope as hell and I love seeing them working together and I will admit um because I thought that one chick who played um uh Amunette Black wasn't supposed to be in this episode I thought she wasn't gonna be in anymore but I was pleasantly surprised and she had the girl that we love with her the Sasha I guess the one that turned out to be a wrestler and her and um Boba Fett going at it was hilarious like he was like coming at her like you know um I'm gonna gonna have to show you who you ain't and she was like bitch you thought (laughs) they was really fighting it was funny um and then uh she dragged him about being a clone that was pretty cool that would have been cool to know earlier but I already know that because uh Jaylee told me when she did her feedback but I mean I guess they got it out of the way for people that don't know um what else can I think about let me go to my notes um oh uh I wrote how I loved how they had the Mandalorian music playing like it was like softly when uh Mando was looking for his son during in the ship that was that was pretty like the music was really good during this entire episode and that's something I don't normally notice but I noticed it here because it, it went really well with all of the scenes um let's see here I liked I liked the the plan that they had it was a pretty good plan how they had Mando just go look for his son and the rest of them just kill every stormtrooper because they (laughs) they didn't like i just i personally feel like if i was a stormtrooper and i saw them like like wreaking havoc through a ship i would just like lay my ass on the ground and pretend like i was dead i'm not i feel like that's probably not a very good thing to do when you're in the military but that's why i never joined because i just don't see what's the point of me getting killed for Moff Gideon (laughs) it's like this man don't care about me so why should I lay my life on the line for him I'm just saying that's that's my personal opinion but that is also why I never joined the military or the army uh, or military or the police uh, force so yeah there is that Um, I (laughs) don't have anything else to say about them 
um but they did get laid out multiple times by everybody and Kara, side note she cracked me up with that gun like she was like my gun is jammed <laughs> she was so mad and she was like well i'm not gonna throw this gun away so she just started beating people with the gun and then when she was in the elevator she like banged it she was thinking like this is my favorite gun i am not gonna get rid of it she was really determined to fix her gun <laughs> i don't know why but that tickled the heck out of me um um oh i liked how uh mando how he you know he was willing to do whatever it took to save his baby oh, when they showed him like walk into that room and uh Gro grogu had the mandicles on and he was cooing and he like lifted up his arms a little bit to show mando like he's in handcuffs my heart just shattered that was so cute and sad like who puts a baby in handcuffs you should be ashamed of yourself like that is trifling so trifling and moff gideon with his raggedy self decides he gonna sit there and like lie just straight up lie like oh you could take it i just want this uh black uh lightsaber you can have the child i got what i wanted for him and then in the quickness had the audacity to try and fight like first of all mr moff gideon you are what 60 years old seriously man why are you why are you trying to fight a mandalorian with your old self like i'm not saying that he can't fight or he couldn't fight at some point but you old as hell it's a reason you have all these uh dark um troopers to protect you these androids because you old <laughs> you can't you can't get in like you used to and I'm sorry, last season we saw you get in a plane crash. That got to take some years off your life. Like, you can't just be 100% and walk away from that. So, you're not going to tell me you don't have no steel plates in, the, in your hips or your knees or something. Well, seriously, like, what I would have done if I was Mando, just, just because he had the audacity to try and fight me after he lied to my face, I would have I shanked him. Like, dead ass. Like... A flesh wound at the bare minimum is what he deserved um i understand he wanted to spare him because he wanted to bring him to tano but he deserved he deserved to get his ass whooped and to get shanked because he really thought he was finna take out mando and he tried to and he had the baby in handcuffs the audacity i'm really mad about that really mad um the other the other scene that had me dying was after bando beat moff gideon and moff gideon was just giddy as hell about the fact that now mando is the the owner of the the dark lightsaber <laughs> i didn't want to laugh because i can't stand moff gideon but he was too happy about the fact that mando had it and then i couldn't stop laughing because mando clearly don't give a shit about it he don't care at all and he was like oh i don't want it it's fine it's yours and she, she was just sitting there looking stank like with her nose turned she looked so so stank like i can't explain why her face sent me but it did like she was just sitting there looking all stupid as hell and mando was like i yield and i just died he was like i don't get it just take the damn thing i don't want it <laughs> and she was just sitting there looking so stupid he's like he's right 
<laughs> it's just a damn story like i guess i guess words do mean a lot especially in your you know your ancient lore and stuff like that but i mean mando not f- about to fight you right now he got bigger things to do <laughs> just take the damn thing and get out of his face <laughs> he really didn't want that dumbass thing and he was just sitting there looking at her like are you are you serious right now <laughs> We couldn't see his face, but his body language implied it. Like, he was like, this heifer really, really going to get on my nerve. Um, what else? Sorry, I paused it mid-sentence because I'm trying to look through my notes here. Um, oh, <laughs> I love how the, the dark troopers came back <laughs> after Mando threw them into space. Because if it was humans, they'd have been out the, of the count for good. But them them dark troopers was like, bitch, you thought we back. And they was just, they literally came back with a vengeance and lined up and was ready to fight. Like, they was really about to go in. Like, well, you know, hey, <laughs> I I died when they were like, <laughs> um, how, what kind of life form? None. Like, y'all, y'all couldn't have put that together that they were them dark troopers? y'all think that was gonna be that easy they are they're androids so clearly being shot in the space means nothing them Them fools came back and was mad (laughs) they was beating the hell out of that door they was gonna get in there if it wasn't for the jedi coming um and i i knew that what it was as as soon as he like pulled into the cockpit I was like, oh my god, is that a Jedi? And and Grogu was looking really, like, intrigued. And when he came through, he was really letting them daggone dark troopers have it. Like, he was using the force. He was using his lightsaber. He was going in. He was, he was taking them out. And I was impressed. I'm not going to lie. But the way that Grogu had his hand on, like, the the monitor screen just looking like he must have felt it and he knew and and even before we saw him get out uh grogu had this like expression like something was about to go down so that's what made me think it was um gonna be uh the jedi so that was pretty cool um but i'm not i'm not gonna lie like that the end scene really ripped my guts out like i was not ready i wasn't prepared i I knew that as soon as we saw the Jedi, Grogu was going to have to go with him. I just wasn't prepared for my emotional um, gut-wrenching sobs that came out of me. Because when, (laughs) when Grogu was in the chair and then the Jedi was like, he's trying to get your permission... Whew, that was too much and then even before that the way he was looking at him he was like daddy daddy look at my friend that's my friend i called him daddy that's that's my friend <laughs> it was so cute the way he was looking at him like everyone was like don't open the door and grogu was like that's my friend daddy let him in that's my friend it's cool we're cool <laughs> and then he took his his uh helmet off and that's when I was that I would say that's when it like took me out like the tears in his eyes he was like my baby boy gotta go but I don't want him to go and I didn't want him to go either I I can't like 
what kind of Mandalorian show is this going to be without the baby? How is Mando going to go on? Because wherever he, wherever he goes, I go. Like, that's what he said. Now, now he can't go because he's not a Jedi. Like, I'm so sad. <sighs> they really did rip out my soul with that last scene we knew it was coming we knew it had to happen but that doesn't mean i liked it (sighs) and side note i was on google i was looking up something and then they on google said see a 3d version of grogu so i put it in and there was the baby a 3d version that was cool and it was cute as hell so i'm gonna need y'all to to google grogu 3d and view it because it's cute as hell um also if you go on twitter and you put grogu you'll see a little baby yoda um and if you put mandalorian you'll see mando so i'm just saying if y'all if y'all are into that do it So um, I think that's all I got. So I'm going to end it here. So um, can't wait to hear your thoughts, Christina, and get some valuable information from Jaylee. Because um, I'm sure y'all going to be spitting some knowledge that I'm going to need to know. And as soon as y'all tell me the names of the Jedi and that robot, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Because <laughs> I can't think of it right now. But I know I know them. I just can't remember. So anywho, um, Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi, out. Mimi said, I know them. I know I know them. I just don't know where I know them. At least we know that their faces are popular enough. Luke, at least. (laughs) Mark Hamill. But you also watch The Flash, and we know Mark Hamill as the trickster in The Flash. This was where he got his fame started as Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader's son. And then it just goes back to that scene. Luke, I am your father. What the fuck you mean you're my daddy? I thought I was immaculately concepted. Who told me these lies? I've been trying to fuck my sister all this time. The horror. And that was pretty much how it all went down. Boom goes the Death Star. That's how the third episode, (laughs) their third movie in Star Trek. Now, that's all you need to know about the whole entire series, three episodes. It boils down to that one scene (laughs) in that second comment. Anyhow, I'm glad that you liked this episode. I'm really happy that you did. As someone who isn't as familiar with Star Wars, I am pleasantly surprised that this one did it for you and the one that the ones that are most familiar with star wars uh we're all like side eye and like what the fuck is luke doing here and i'm still asking what the fuck is luke like what was he what is he doing he got she he got like he went into i I guess we know he was on an island and some shit i don't care i don't care i don't know why he needed to show the hell up call somewhere luke you took my baby and you're the only person that's 10 times cooler than mando so that sucks (laughs) and i'm not gonna not give him his cred because you know he he got cred he got got cred he also got a lot of trauma a whole lot and a um a hard-on for the fact that well his hard-on was for his sister (laughs) 
<laughs> moving on um what did i write in here yeah i'm selfish too i am not signing i'm not giving my life for anyone's cause but my own and that's gonna be my child that's the only cause i can see or defending another helpless child but even then <laughs> that's gonna be instincts taken over my brain if it was actually functioning it would be like bitch your life it's precious moff gideon old ass yes he is old but also nah my man showed up playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers they had a half-assed plan to take over the ship and yes it was successful for the most part but it also failed if it wasn't for the fact that baby g got friends in high places and ashoka told him to go to the rock where he can communicate those friends in high places otherwise everyone in that room would have been dead and that would have been the end of it so old as shit yeah probably got some arthritis you know comes with the territory but black don't crack and i'm pretty sure that you also can get things like the way in which they put homegirl back together and i am talking about fennec we can fuck him up and he will just replace himself with android parts so that's not what we need we need to put a bullet in his brain before he even starts thinking about that and who is that blood sample for because we ain't met a donor that that blood sample was supposed to be going to and i'm thinking it's for him and if he wanted it himself that means that baby will always be in danger you say he deserved a flesh wound at the least facts who made them baby handcuffs is what i want to know like someone was really like we have to size these up right (laughs) they had to put the little sensors in there so they'll work and light up blue yeah it was cute when he was like daddy it's me look at look at the shit they did did you see the shit that they did they put they made these baby ass manufactured these specifically for me you see this i'm a fucking 50 year old baby and i'm in i'm in cuffs some bullshit the system gideon did play petty pablo so well in that room i mean for someone who's defeated he clearly the way in which he was bragging had a backup plan everyone in the bridge was stupid not to have noticed or thought he might have a backup plan (laughs) ain't nobody talking that much shit he just the way and then i loved i too enjoyed the glee in which he was happy to see the situation of Mandalorian. <laughs> He's like, this didn't go any either way for either one of you because Lando don't want this shit. So he is going to be a shit. Like trying to get people behind him. Now she got to assist him. It's not like she really can fight him. Like, cause he's an honorable person. So that's not going to look good. If you take it from one of your own people who fought to get it back from the enemy. You, he just did what you couldn't or didn't because you let him go after the enemy and then he positioned himself to make sure he was not going to be captured by her because he know what her number one goal is and he made sure i'ma fuck both of y'all lives up so he came out at the end of this all i do is win 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 no matter what we already know the new republic uh is not doing the best because they don't even know the empire's still around they is on uh, the the limp side of policing <laughs> the belt because that's what the empire up there growing and shit got secret bases all over the place and they know nothing about it so yeah of course he's about to get out of this still breathing and rescued very shortly and it's gonna be all on him 
and then when you said he was like that's my friend that's exactly what i was saying when he touched that screen that's my friend (laughs) um if y'all are into that i will check out baby baby g i love that you call him baby g and baby yoda and yoda apparently is dead according to (laughs) jaylee so yeah i'm glad that you like i said enjoyed this episode um we were a little bit more critiquing of it particularly with the music uh so for you to have enjoyed it i am happy for that and that you are ditching it like apparently a lot of other people are doing so what's the next show that is replacing this well it looks like we are doing the good place we're still doing 13 reasons why i won't have two on saturday well i will it'll be westworld but then it will eventually by the end of january tamper out to only one show on saturdays um but that yeah that'll be the show that's replacing this one is westworld season one vicariously watching it through Mimi and Shy's eyes. That's going to be an interesting, very interesting podcast because I know my ladies and I know me. And <laughs> oh, that's going to be a delight, an absolute and utter delight. So if you want to send feedback, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.